Also, if you're a guest, welcome to Palm Vista Community Church as we re-engage our series in 2 Corinthians, the second letter to the Corinthians written by the Apostle Paul in the first century. We've entitled the series, Strength and Weakness. Strength and Weakness. Why? Because here Paul lays out a theology of suffering which we dearly need in the church today. This morning's message is entitled, Durable Faith. Durable Faith. Faith And our text is 2 Corinthians 4, 13 to 18. 2 Corinthians 4, 13 to 18. When last we were in 2 Corinthians, three weeks ago, mind you, Dave Harvey was here preaching the, the scriptures right before the ones I'm going to preach. And here was the main point of those scriptures. You ready? Our weakness plus God's strength equals a durable life. Our weakness plus God's strength equals a durable life. This morning's message comes right off of that text. It's talking about the durable faith that is at the root of your durable life. You ready? All right. So durable faith is a faith that enables us to see what God has done, what God is doing, and what God will do in the midst of affliction and chaos and fallenness. Here's the illustration. Think of a pair of sunglasses on a sunny, bright South Florida day. For me, particularly in the morning or in the afternoon, sometimes the glare of the sun is so powerful you can't see anything. It's very dangerous. Accidents have happened. The glare hits you or hits your windshield. You simply cannot see through the glare. You don't see the other car coming. You don't see the intersection. You don't see that the light is red. You go right through it. It can be very dangerous. You grab those sunglasses. You put them on. They cut through the glare so you can see. That's what durable faith is for us. Another illustration, I can remember years ago, a friend of mine invited me to go fly fishing in Colorado. Can you imagine me fly fishing in Colorado? I'm much more comfortable going through the subways in New York City than fly fishing in Colorado. And I remember it was a beautiful sunny day. It was up in the mountains. And, you know, the, the atmosphere is a little thinner. The sun's a little brighter. It was, it was a gorgeous day. But the sun was so bright, we were standing in these streams, that I, I couldn't see through the glare. The, the sun hit the water, and there was this incredible glare. And it was hurtful to my eyes until our guide handed me a pair of very high-end sunglasses. And as soon as I put them on, it cut through the glare. And I saw this whole new world teeming with fish underneath the water. But because I didn't know how to throw the, the, the fly, I caught none of them. But I saw them all. They all swam by me, mocking me as I was like, okay, I'm going to catch this. And it would go over there, go up in a tree. It would get on the back of my hat, whatever. But here's the point. We can often miss what God has done, is doing, and will do because of the glare of affliction, the glare of personal pain, perhaps a physical malady or illness, perhaps a relational break, perhaps this world situation, perhaps we turn on the news and we think, what in the world is going on? Is everybody going crazy? And the glare of the affliction of a fallen world 
A loved one does something that is so unexpected years ago, and we still can't see because the glare of that is blocking us from seeing what God has done, is doing, and will do in your life. But a durable faith is the faith that God gives us to put those sunglasses on, and it cuts through the glare, and we can see, and it makes all the difference in the world. Though I didn't catch any of those fish, it was so joyful. Like, as soon as I put them on, I just exclaimed, like, wow, there's a bunch of fish underneath the water. They all started laughing at me. But see, here's the main point of our text. Here's God's claim on us. On the screen, durable faith opens our eyes and our mouths to speak God's word. Durable faith opens our eyes and our mouths to speak God's word. Point one, durable faith opens our eyes to speak God's word. On the screen, 2 Corinthians 4, verses 13 and 14. Since we have the same spirit of faith, it's that durable faith, according to what has been written, quote, he's quoting now, pay attention, when you read in your Bibles, you see a quote, you need to ask, where is that quote coming from? Who is Paul quoting here? Quote, I believed, and so I spoke. Unquote. We also believe, and we also, so also we speak. Verse 14. Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. This is now God opening Paul's eyes to what God has done in the past. What has he done in the past? He has raised Jesus from the dead. Paul is writing in 50-something A.D. Jesus was raised from the dead in 30-something, 33 A.D. So he's looking in the past. He's reminding himself that the reason that he has the sentence of death on him, and people are always trying to kill him, and he's always suffering, is so that in his body, the sentence of death can point to the resurrection of Christ. It's exactly what he's saying when he says, since we have the same spirit of faith. What's the same spirit of faith? The one that he articulated in verses 10 to 12 on the screen. This is what Dave preached three weeks ago. Verse 10 of 2 Corinthians 4. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Yeah, it's, it's not fun to always carry the death of Jesus in your body. That's a glare. But when you got the glasses, the sunglasses of durable faith, you understand why. Because before glory comes suffering. Before resurrection comes death. If it was so for Jesus, our Lord, it's so for us. Verse 11. For we who live are always being given over to death. What? Yeah, this is Christianity. True Christianity. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake. Why? So that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Verse 12. So death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. You need sunglasses to see that because that glare is fierce at that moment. See, this past work of deliverance is what Paul was quoting. Go back briefly to verse 13, please, on the screen. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what was written. What was written? Who wrote it? 
Who wrote the following words? I believed and so I spoke. Is that Paul writing that? Who wrote that? The psalmist wrote that. The psalmist wrote that in the past. The psalmist who wrote Psalm 116, verse 10, wrote that. The psalmist wrote that almost a thousand years before Paul, saying that the resurrection of Christ is my hope. Now, he didn't know it was the resurrection of Jesus Christ of Nazareth in 33 AD, but it was the Spirit who revealed to him, God will care for you. You carry the sentence of death because you carry the, sentence, the, the glorious life of Christ. So trust him. All right, let's look at it. Psalm 116. I'm going to give you the whole shebang, but verse 10 really is what Paul quotes. Psalm 116, verses 8 to 10 is what Paul, he's quoting verse 10 actually. And this is what the psalmist said, starting in verse 8. For you have delivered my soul from death. So the psalmist is doing, same thing's happening with the psalmist as what was happening with Paul. Death is around here. Death is on us. But he says in verse 8, You have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. Can you relate to that? Verse 9. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. And here's what Paul quotes, verse 10. I believed, even when I spoke, I am greatly afflicted. What's the point? The point is the resurrection of Christ sustains us in our sufferings. The point is that a durable faith opens my eyes to what God has done in the past to give me a sustainable, durable, powerful faith that doesn't quit. Next, we're still on point one. Durable faith opens our eyes to God's work. It opens our eyes to God's work in the present. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians 4.15. 2 Corinthians 4.15 on the screen. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. What Paul is saying there revolves around four words that begin with G. Grace, gratitude, glory, and glare. All right, I threw glare in there, but, you know, I got the preacher's prerogative here, right? Got to make them alliterations. Alliterations. Don't you love alliterations? Most of you don't even know what they are, but that's okay. (laughs) Ask Becky or Katrina, one of the two of them. They'll tell you what an alliteration is. What Paul is saying is, I preach the gospel to you because, put verse 14 up there again, because, excuse me, 15, because God's grace extends to more and more people as I preach because I've seen what God did, I'm going to preach what God did, and I believe what God is doing. God's grace extends to more and more people. God saves his elect And what happens? Then there's an increase of thanksgiving. Unbelievers who complained and reviled God now are saved by the grace of God because of Paul preaching the gospel. And therefore, they start thanking God. And what's the result at the end of verse 15? To the glory of God. Chuck, thank you for that prayer. The end game is the glory of God, buddy. It is God's end game. That means it's our end game. And it's what we live for. Not my glory, God's glory. So God opened Paul's eyes 
in the midst of the glare of his affliction, all right, that's the first G, he saw the grace of God, that's the second G, we see that in the verse, which resulted in gratitude. All right, I took the word thanksgiving and changed it to gratitude. Will you allow me to do that? So that's the third G, right? Remember in verse 15, put it up there, increase in thanksgiving. That's the third G for what? The glory of God. Here's the application. Do you see what God is doing in South Florida? Or has the glare of our sensual, crazy, me-first Images everything, selfishness of South Florida blinded your eyes to what God's doing. Do you look at South Florida and all you see is the glare on the water? You see no fish underneath there. Who God God should judge South Florida, but save South Florida? Save this city? Save the people in this city? Save the people I see on TV every day. Save the people I see driving by me at 100 miles an hour every day. Save the people that, that seem so selfish people that steal the cars of my neighbor, people that are are rude. Oh, don't let the glare of this world blind your eyes. God does save them as we preach the gospel. And then people who used to be hating God and cursing God suddenly start thanking God, and that results in the glory of God. You want to be a part of that? Put the glasses on. Put the glasses on. I'm talking to myself when I say that. And then finally, we're still in point one. By the way, point two, super short. Point one, (laughs) durable faith opens our eyes to God's work, future work. Future work. Look at verses 16 to 18, please, on the screen. So, we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory, future grace, beyond all comparison, as we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are unseen. What are you looking at today? Why? For the things that are seen are transient, they're temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. What God is saying here through Paul is that durable faith doesn't quit. That term, do not lose heart, if you could put verse 16 back up there. It's the very same phrase he began this chapter with. If you go to chapter 4, verse 1, he says there, therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. I preached that several weeks ago. He ends the chapter with the same phrase, we do not lose heart. Another way of translating that is, we do not lose faith. Why? Because we see God's future grace. We see what God's future work is going to look like. And when he says in verse 16, put put it back up there, though our outer self is wasting away, the outer self is everything that has to do with this world. It's my suffering today. It's the stuff that, that is happening here and now that I see. That's the outer self. Though my outer self is wasting away, though the world around me is wasting away, Though the second law of thermodynamics is true, which is the law of entropy, everything is moving toward chaos. You can't unscramble eggs. Though the greatest organizations one day fall, 
The greatest nations one day decline into chaos. Even the greatest churches at times, if you look in history, they're no longer with us. Everything has a, an end date to it in this earth, in this temporal zone. There is a decaying that happens. With the kingdom of God, there's none. Because he says in verse 16 on the screen, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Inner self is everything that has to do with the kingdom of God. This new creation that you have in Christ. That which God has begun in you. The seed that God put in you, what Christ has done, that will never end. That is being renewed day by day. All this other stuff is going into chaos day by day. Boy, don't we feel it. (laughs) When they raise your rent $500 because they just can or gas costs 30 40% more than it did, we are tempted to complain. Actually, I do complain. But, but, but take heart, because though the outer self is decaying, the inner self is being renewed day by day. God's kingdom is forever, and you're part of it, Christian. Take heart. Don't lose. That's a durable faith right there. It's a durable faith. And then he says something amazing in verse 17. This is what a durable faith does for you. When you you get the glasses, the sunglasses of a durable faith that cuts through the glare of affliction and all the stuff here, and we see into the future of what God is going to do, look what he says in verse 17. For this light momentary affliction. Are you kidding me, Paul? Do you know what he's talking about here? Beatings. Incarceration for the sake of the gospel getting run out of cities, hunger, his own affliction. Some say he had a terrible eye affliction. Being rejected by people, being betrayed by people. He calls that light and momentary afflictions. Why? We'll read the rest of that verse, 17. Is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory Beyond all comparison, what he's saying there is the weight of God's glory is greater than the weight of my afflictions. In fact, in comparison to God's glory, because Paul has the sunglasses of durable faith, in comparison with God's, the weight of God's glory to come, my afflictions, though great, are light and momentary. God's glory outweighs our affliction every time. Outweighs our confusion outweighs the chaos of this world, God's glory overturns the law of entropy because God will restore everything. And I need to hear that when I hit affliction. You need to hear that when you hit affliction, when you turn on the news and hear what you're going to hear, when you look in the mirror and go, whoa, what's going on here? When you wake up and you fall out of bed, literally, because you can't stand up, like it takes your knees and your legs like, a couple, three or four steps before they start working again. Or, you know, you can't hear all of a sudden. Whatever. Or a family member passes. You think, what? And it hurts. And it's real hurt. And it's real pain. And I'm not minimizing it. And Paul wouldn't minimize it if he were here. But he's saying, those very afflictions, as we sang in the song, are preparing for you a weight of glory. There is no suffering that is senseless. Every moment of suffering, every betrayal, every pain, every hurt is accumulating an eternal weight of glory. And that weighs more than my affliction now. Though my affliction now feels like it weighs a ton. So I need those sunglasses. To see God's future work. 
He ends it by saying, look not to the scene in verse 18. Put that up there, please. Don't look to the scene, but to the unseen. Why? Because the things that are seen, the outer self, this world, all the glamour and glory, South Beach, all of it, one day it won't be here anymore. It won't be here anymore. The promotion you want won't be important anymore. The house you've been craving, it's, it's just not going to be there anymore. <laughs> but what will be here is God's eternal kingdom, the inner self that is being renewed day by day, that he began in you and he perfection you through the very sufferings that he allows to come your way and visit you with. They create an eternal weight of glory that outweighs that. And so look to the unseen, church. Look to the unseen. All right, point two. I told you point two is going to be much shorter, and it is. Durable faith opens our mouths to speak God's word. Because God opened Paul's eyes to his work, past, present, and future, because God opens our eyes to his work, past, present, and future, he then opens our mouth to speak his word. 2 Corinthians 4.13 on the screen. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what was written, I believed and so I spoke. The psalmist said that a thousand years before Paul. We also believe. Paul is saying that. 2,000 years ago, and so we speak, and God is saying to us, durable faith opens your eyes so you could see, so then you could speak. He's saying, we believe it. Our eyes are open, so we speak it. What do we speak, church? What we've just finished reading about, that God delivers his righteous suffering servants, that God raises us up with him and brings us into his presence along with all the saints, that our outer self is wasting away, but our inner self is being renewed day by day, that God's glory outweighs affliction. That is what we speak. Amen? Amen.